0: A German lawmaker has got a furious reaction for suggesting COVID restrictions could be the template for fighting climate change.
1: There will never be a vaccine against CO2, so
0: we need measures for tackling climate change that are similar to the restrictions of personal freedom in
1: the pandemic. This show has just obtained a PowerPoint that the army is using to justify mandatory vaccines to the troops. This is an actual slide from it on your screen. You will notice there the sympathetic portrayal of Satanism. How many children were sacrificed to Satan because of the vaccine the slide reads apparently sarcastically. Then the pres- presentation proceeds to list the so-called tenets of satanism which are taken straight from the temple of satanism website. So here you have the United States Army doing PR for satanism. And good evening. What can you tell us? <laughs>
0: Hey, well, it might look a bit quiet here now, but just a few hours ago, there was a lot of drama. A man was reportedly walking down the street and not wearing a mask when police spotted him and stopped him. There was some type of confrontation, a struggle, uh, and the man was being attempted to be arrested. And um, police were investigating whether he had a medical episode. Uh, but at this stage, they're saying there was some sort of a struggle. Ambulances were called. And that man was taken to hospital where he is in a stable condition. Uh, Police believe he will be fine. Uh, He is under police guard and police say they are considering charges for him allegedly
2: not
1: wearing a mask. Okay. And just just real quickly, um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity. And basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. what do what are people to make of that so so as we talk about vaccine mandates there i get calls all the time people say i've already had covid i'm protected and now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone should they also get the vaccine how do you make the case to them you know that's a really good point sanjay i don't have a really firm answer for you on that. that Will exposure sites be put back in place, especially with reopening and people going back to pubs and stuff? Because our exposure sites still, will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be
0: looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order, in the new world order, in the new world order, in the new world order.
2: to the midweek edition of Down the Rabbit Hole. You got me this week. I'm Big D. It's good to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope everybody's having a great week. I think we've got an interesting show set up for you today. Uh, I've been telling you for a while now that if you've been following our coverage on COVID especially, I predicted months ago In the early stages of the lockdowns and and the overreaction and everything to this uh, scamdemic, as we call it, the plandemic. And I called it at the time the great conditioning because that, that was something that I came up with early because it was just so apparent that it had nothing to do with science. It had nothing to do with protecting people it's a great exercise in conditioning the population the global population and and not the elites obviously because they're they're in a whole different class they they get to do what they want this is for the little people me and you and early on i saw signs that they were going to try to marry this this whole um Response and how it's going about to climate change, and the more I've gone down this rabbit hole, the more apparent to me, uh, and should be to you, what's coming, and how they're they're going to use this template, this uh, the lockdowns, the the tracing, the the limited uh, mobility against us. And they're going to switch it into climate change. And I have a bunch of things that we're going to look at uh, at the first part of this uh, sh- this show today. Talking about this. A lot of articles. A lot of things that I've gathered. And then we're going to go into, uh, of course, some of the news from around the world regarding what's going on right now. Uh, cr- crafting the narrative that we've been you know, consistently looking at as we move towards this uh, new world order. Uh, we're obviously in the fourth uh, fourth turning a lot of chaos going on and of course you're not going to get it on the mainstream news it, it gets buried it gets covered up and but there's a lot going on out there that is moving in a direction we should not be heading as global citizenry and the the big push the big move towards this uh, globalization corporatization, um, breaking down of nations and uh, getting us all into basically a slave state, it's on the fast track. But let's wind back. Let's get into what's coming our way as far as these climate lockdowns. And the rhetoric is starting to ramp up. It, it was, it was sort, of, sort of just slightly under the surface when we started the, the COVID lockdowns. And a lot of people emailed me and said, man, yeah, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is all about the science and this is all for safety. And uh, I said, yeah, that's how they're selling it. But what's coming up the back end and how they're going to transfer it over is, is what concerns me. And now we're starting to see it. So I'm going to start off with some articles here just to, uh, sh- to prove the point. This is a, uh, it's a brand new article, This came out September 14th. Technocrats want, quote, mandatory carbon credits to control every facet of your life. Celebrate how mass compliance in response to COVID rules has helped grease the skids. Technocrats are preparing mandatory personal carbon allowances that would introduce rationing into every area of our lives via an app that, re- that would record your travel, heating expenses and even the food you eat yeah this was uh, proposed uh, in the science journal uh, nature by four environmental quote experts as a means of reducing global carbon emissions everyone would be issued a carbon allowance card sort of like the 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 credit system. We've talked about the Chinese uh, social score. Well, this is going to be a carbon score. So they're, they're, coming at, they're coming at us from all angles here. They want to control everything you do, everything uh, you eat, ev- ev- everything about your home, all of it. Quote, this would entail all adults receive an equal tradable carbon allowance that reduces over time in line with national carbon targets. The authors wanted to make clear that this would be a national mandatory policy and that the carbon units would be deducted from the personal budget with every payment of transport fuel, home heating fuels, and electricity bills. Anyone going over the limit would be forced to purchase additional units in the personal carbon market uh, from those with excess to sell, meaning... Uh, let's say you like your home a little warmer or a little cooler, depending upon what's going on out there, or uh, you have, uh, you have th- two or three TVs that you, got, you have going on along with your printer. Uh, let's just say you're using more electricity, and your neighbor next door is a single person. Uh, let's say you're a family. The guy, person next door is single. They're hardly using anything, so they have an excess in their carbon credits, well, he can sell those to you because you've gone over, which means it's going to come out of your pocket, and you're going to have to pay. Uh, of course, there are going to be those who are exempt from it, and those that would be anybody in the government. And if you're rich, you can buy carbon credits. And this is going on right now in a lot of businesses. They have restructured how uh, a lot of businesses are getting their licenses and it's based on this it's not based on and how they get loans it's not based on whether it's a viable business model it's how they stack up with this carbon credit and that dictates how they get a loan Uh, quote recent studies show how COVID-19 contact tracing apps were successfully implemented with mandatory schemes in several East Asian countries such as China, Taiwan, and South Korea. Personal carbon allowances could play a role in achieving, in achieving climate targets, linking personal action with carbon reduction goals. All adults would receive a tradable carbon allowance uh, that reduces over time in line with national targets. In these countries, the app's... Assess the user's travel history and health status, playing a key role in tracking infection. See, this is where this is how it's going to marry. This is how they're going to come together on this. Also, next article up. uh, This is from Science and Tech. Headline This is February 5th, 2021. Are you ready for the climate lockdowns? Last week, President Biden signed an, an executive order to rejoin the Paris Climate Accords. This is a mostly symbolic gesture. However, the global elites are pushing uh, for, uh, we've talked about this before, eating bugs, staying home, to save the earth, um, and is p- worth posing the question, what will be adequate? With the Global Economic Forum in Davos approaching April, we're going to start hearing terms such as climate equity and climate reset. We'll probably also uh, start to hear calls for climate lockdowns. Sounds crazy, right? No. (laughs) They're already proposing 15 days to slow the sun. (laughs) Under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meats, and impose extreme energy-saving measures, while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. Uh, According to them, to avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. Next up, from Forbes magazine. And hey, guess what? The contributor is... (laughs) off the leadership strategy of the World Economic Forum. Go figure. Uh, Headline, emissions fell during lockdown. Let's keep it that way. Uh, Quote, we're at a pivotal moment when it comes to global warming. As the focus shifts to rebuilding and recovering from COVID-19, we need to make decisions to restore shattered economies. But will they also contribute to the commitments in the Paris Agreement? If there's a silver lining to something as catastrophic as COVID-19, it's the environmental boost and the slowdown in greenhouse gas emissions that we experienced in the early part of the year. And then it goes on to say we need to restore the balance. that we, uh, th- It was so great because the air was cleaner. There was way less solution. And their answer is global lockdowns on a consistent basis. And that if we didn't do that, we would just be repeating the mistake of going back to, uh, you know, having uh, what they consider to be bad air, bad earth, and on and on and on. And so they want to, and this is, you know, coming from the World Economic Forum, and we all know about them, that we need to focus on having lockdowns on a consistent basis. That was from Forbes. This is from Advancing Earth and Space Science. And it's titled The Earth's Future. Lockdown measures which reduced greenhouse gas emissions with little negative impact on the quality of life. Lockdown measures in response to the new COVID-19 virus have caused the largest ever fall of annual greenhouse gas emissions. A key question that we attempt to answer in the study is which, if any of these measures, can be productively encouraged post-lockdown in efforts to sustain at least part of this reduction in emissions. Sweden is uniquely suited for our study because of the voluntary nature of lockdown in Sweden. And then it goes on to talk about, as because uh, this was sort of early on, some of these studies. This article is from April 7th, 2021. And it I'm going to put this in the show notes. And it says here, clearly reducing greenhouse gas emissions by forced or voluntary lockdowns, such as have been seen worldwide in 2020, is not a viable long-term strategy. But, as they go on to say, it is something we should look at and we should seriously consider. And it's a long study. It's a, it, it's a very uh, detailed piece, but it's worth going through. It's called Earth, Earth's Future, and it's by the Advancing Earth and Space Science. This is from the Legal Scholar Academy. Headline Shut down the planet every year for two weeks. According to El Ali Khan, this planet belongs to all forms of life, planet, animals, birds, insects, humans, bacteria, and and viruses. Humans have no inherent right to monopolize the earth to the exclusion of other life forms. Our theologies and our philosophies tell us that we are the center of creation, we are the best life form, and we are God's exceptional handiwork. It's time to reconsider our fascist egotism. Now, whether you agree with that or not, uh, I don't. I find that laughable. However, his answer is to continue the lockdowns. If you go, as you go through this, it says, Every year in the first two weeks of April, let humans shut down what they do on Earth and retreat to their homes. Impose a complete lockdown in the Americas, Europe, Asia, Africa, every part of the planet. Let schools, colleges, and institutions of higher learning stop teaching Let the roads be empty in New York, Mumbai, Beijing, everywhere. Close all the airports so that no pathogenic planes are flying to Los Angeles, Madrid, Tokyo, anywhere. Let the beaches on the Atlantic, Mediterranean, Pacific, every lake and sea be barren with no humans flashing their bellies and legs, anything. Let no cruise ships be sailing in the seas and rivers. Let tourism stop. Two weeks every year. Close every, lock it all down. Uh here's, He says, the planned two-week closure every year without a pandemic lurking in the background will indeed be festive for all life forms, including humans. So just shut everything down. Stay in your house. Don't do anything. I told you this was coming. And I told you the rhetoric was going to start uh, ramping up, and it is. Here's another one. This is uh, from... Belief, which is an online magazine. The Sabbath in an era of climate change. We humans face a set of dire eco- ecological crisis, the result of what many are now calling the Anthropocene era, the era of human modification of Earth's planetary systems. And he goes on to talk about all the toxic pollution, the garbage, the soil erosion, on and on and on and how it's at biblical proportions and what's the answer? Well, let's just shut everything down. You don't think this stuff wasn't planned everybody? This two weeks to slow the spread, lock everything. They didn't do this, they've never done this in the history of the planet for anything. None of the plagues that uh, that we've en- we've endured as mankind. They didn't do it during the Spanish flu. They didn't do it during the AIDS crisis. They didn't do it during uh, Ebola. Nothing. None of them. But yet, we have this flu-like virus that's going around, and dangerous to some people. We all know the stats on that. We've done it here ad nauseum. Yet, we lock everything down. And in this article it gives a this is uh they try to give a whole bunch of biblical reasons why we should shut down the earth and why we should shut everything down uh once a year or uh and so, some of them even once a week like um like this one slow sunday this is uh this is from this is from the guardian, uh dot com And it is titled, Slow Sunday, The Simple Solution to Global Warming. And it says, using Sundays as a day of rest and renewal would be good for our personal health as well as the health of the planet. And it's called the Ten Ten movement. And what they're calling for is every Sunday, shut everything down. So whereas it used to be a day uh, to go to church, they're calling this a day for Gaia. The day for earth. So it's switching over to this earth worship, and they want everything to shut down. Nobody does anything, which is ironic because we used to do that. There was a time in history when Sunday was considered a day off. Nobody did business on Sunday. Everybody stopped farming. I mean, people went to church. But for the most part, Sunday was a day of rest, day of shutting down. We went away from that, obviously, with capitalism and with uh, businesses, and and uh, the atheists didn't like it because they they wanted to be able to go to the store, and you had so it all changed, and now we're going to go back, but now it's for the Earth, it's for Gaia, so again, they are looking for these lockdowns, and this is all married to the COVID. Next article. And this comes from Project Syndicate. Avoiding a climate lockdown. The world is approaching a tipping point on climate change. When protecting the future of civilizations, it's, it will require dramatic interventions. Avoiding this scenario will require a green economic transformation and thus a radical overhaul of corporate governance, finance, policy, and energy sy- uh, systems. And what is there? <laughs> what is their their way that they're going to do this? Well, let's just lock everything down. Let's just shut all businesses down. Uh once a year, once a month, once a week, they go through all the different scenarios on here and how it w- would work, who would participate, how it would help the earth and on and on and on. And that's where that's where we're headed. This is this is where we are we're going. Um, last article on this, and then we'll move on to some other things, and I will put all of these in the show notes. And this is from the uh, this is a uh, new global coalition, co- co- new global coalition, by the MRI organization, and it says today nine organizations from around the world and former U.S. Vice President Al Gore announced a cutting edge initiative that will use artificial intelligence, s- satellite image processing machine learning, and other remote sensing technologies to monitor worldwide greenhouse gas emissions. This unprecedented collaboration aims to track human-caused emissions to specific sources in real time. The combined project will be known as Climate Trace, tracking real-time atmospheric carbon emissions. That sounds all really nice and everything, but as we get into the article, what are they tracing? Well, they're tracing you. And me, and they're tracing everything. The businesses they're tracing your. They want to trace your car. They want to trace everything, and they want to uh, attach fines to it. They want to be able to shut down uh, your. If you drive too much, they'll just you know shut down your car. They're going to, and we've seen this. Uh, we talked about it in Texas where there were a bunch of people who were hooked up remotely their their thermometers in their house the thermostats were hooked up remotely by the energy company and the energy company was coming in you know via a wireless and changing the thermostats in their homes without the people knowing it and this is what they're talking about here they want to they want a carbon tracker they want a carbon plan. They want, uh, they want every, every aspect of your and my life to be monitored and to be tracked. And here's another one uh, real quick. This is a Christian Science Monitor. Give the earth a Sabbath day. If we all reduce our driving, shopping, and businesses by one-seventh, we'd pollute that much less. And so there, again... Their solution is is one day a week. Everybody halts everything they're doing. Stop. Just don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Nobody does anything. You stay home. And that's it. Uh, Market Watch, another article, opinion. This is an opinion piece by Mariana Mazzucato. We need to act boldly now if we, were of, <clears throat> if we are to avoid economy-wide lockdowns to halt climate change. We're approaching a tipping point on climate change. When protecting the future of civilizations, it will require dramatic interventions. And it starts out, and says, as COVID-19 spread early this year, governments introduced lockdowns in order to prevent a public health emergency from spinning out of control. In the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again, this time to tackle climate emergency. Yes, that is where we're headed, folks. That's what's coming. And if you listen to the rhetoric of your governor, if you listen to the rhetoric of, of, of the world leaders, if you, especially when they're talking about the Paris Climate Accord or anytime they start talking about uh, COVID lockdowns, they will slip in. Just I've heard Justin Trudeau Trudeau do it. I've heard Biden do it. I've heard Macron do it. I've heard Angela Merkel do it. I've heard Boris Johnson. Uh, Boris Johnson do I've heard them all, they will slip in this notion about this is good for the climate. they're, they're paving the way. They're setting it up. It's coming. And I've been trying to t- I've been trying to tell you this for a while. So don't be surprised when the pandemic is supposedly waning and things are getting better and they, they have no more excuses and they've got everything set in place. What's next is going to be lockdowns for the planet's sake. This is something they want everybody to get used to. Uh, Here's another article. This is um, the Climate Pledge. This is from The Guardian also. Equivalent of COVID emissions drop needed every two years, says study. The equivalent falls in emission over a decade required to keep to uh, safe limits of global heating must be... Uh, every two years has to be brought down. And it says lockdowns around the world led to an unprecedented fall in emissions of about 7% in 2020. But reductions of between uh, 1BN and 2BN tons are needed every year over the next decade to have a good chance of holding temperatures uh, in check, basically, as required by the Paris Agreement. And as you go through, of course... How do we get there? Well, we just lock everything down. We, we, we're, we're learning. All of these say that we've learned from the pandemic that this is how we con- we're going to control climate change. And again, I, it's, it wasn't hard to see this coming because early in the stages of the lockdowns, this rhetoric was being put out there. It was just being put out there sort of sleight of hand. It was sort of under, everyone's panicked. Everybody got panicked about locking down. How long is this going to be? Two weeks led to months, led to a year. And everyone was focused on, oh, the reason for this is safety over COVID. I think that was just the excuse that they used to implement it to get everybody used to it. And I think the real reason why they've instituted these lockdowns and are trying to condition everybody to get used to them ultimately is for this planetary reason. So they're not going away. And I will put all those articles in the show notes. So get ready, everybody. We're heading into winter. I believe this is I believe, and I'm you're already hearing them talk about it. I believe we're gonna face more lockdowns, probably not everywhere, but those who are good good little soldiers of the, um, of the World Economic Forum and of the party of Davos and of all the ones pulling the strings are going to lock down again. So watch out Canada. Watch out Australia. Watch out New Zealand. Uh, watch out parts of the U.S. It's coming, and it's not going away. All right, let's switch gears. And as usual, I have a whole Array of stories lined up here We're going to try to get through all of them And again I'm going to put these all in the show notes So that you can share them and get them out there Because this is this is not headline news This is just not what you're going to hear On your uh, local news Nor the national news But I find these and I tuck them away And uh, you should know about these So I found this fascinating This is uh, This was an article From September 17th Just a few days ago Headline, almost a quarter of COVID patients in England are being treated for something else. (laughs) Half of daily hospitalizations test positive for COVID after having entered for something else. Health service statistics show there were 6,146 NHS beds taken up by people who were COVID positive on September 14th. The latest data uh, that was available. But just four thousand seven hundred twenty-one patients were primarily being treated for the virus, with the remaining fourteen hundred receiving care for other illnesses or injuries. <laughs> so, again, stacking the numbers. We're gonna we, we we gotta keep the fear up. We gotta get keep everybody afraid of you know of all of the COVID. Uh, I played this in the intro clip this is, I thought this was interesting. Tucker Carlson reveals Satanism PowerPoint slide presented to army to promote vaccination. And, um, so yeah, the, the U S army was shown this slide presentation because they're trying to convince them all that they have to get the, uh, the vaccine. And as part of this here is, I'll play it again as part of it. This is what uh, th- this is part of the slide presentation. And when he says in this article, I'll put it up. It shows the picture that he's talking about. It's talking about uh, there's this slide that shows Satan <laughs> grabbing these little kids. And on its, it, said, it asks, How many children have been sacrificed to Satan for the vaccine? This is crazy. What, what does that have to do with anything? with the military it it doesn't but it's it's there so let's listen to that again
1: this show has just obtained a powerpoint that the army is using to justify mandatory vaccines to the troops this is an actual slide from it on your screen you will notice there the sympathetic portrayal of satanism how many children were sacrificed to satan because of the vaccine the slide reads apparently sarcastically then the presentation proceeds to list the so-called tenets of Satanism, which are taken straight from the Temple of Satanism website. So here you have the United States Army doing PR for Satanism. A German law- All
2: right. And uh, so not sure what Satanism has to do with the Army, nor vaccines, but apparently they do. So if you're, if you're in the military and they're showing you slides of Satanism involved with the vaccine... Read between the lines there's there is something there you can figure it out uh now this is uh this is uh <laughs> this is clown world at its best I, I didn't watch it not many people did watch the Emmys and all all these not these nonsense Hollywood parties that are going on and of course the big news is that none of them are masked. they, they didn't nobody had to wear masks and uh People are wondering why. Well, here's why. Because the L.A. County Department of Public Health responded cr- to criticism of the maskless Emmys by claiming that the rules don't apply because it was a television production event. And apparently in Los Angeles County, that the, uh, the entire entertainment industry, as long as it's a production, is exempt from the rule. L.A. County Department of Public Health tells us that the maskless Emmys were not in violation of the county's mask mandate because, quote, exceptions are made for film, television and music productions. (laughs) So rules for us, but not for them. Hey, you get on a plane, you better have that mask on and you better keep it firmly attached. I don't care if you're two or whatever. Uh, Moving forward, report Wuhan lab requested funding from DARPA to make chimeric viruses genetically alter uh, coronaviruses to make them more infectious to humans. Eighteen months before the uh, COVID-19 outbreak, Wuhan scientists drew up plans, uh, which even DARPA said were crazy. Scientists' notes uh, may have carried them out anyway without the funding. Bombshell Report has concluded that scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and their affiliated partners attempted to secure, to secure $14 million in funding from the Pentagon's scientific arm DARPA to genetically alter viruses, including bat coronaviruses, and make them more infectious to humans just 18 months prior to the subsequent outbreak and pandemic. You hearing that on the national news? I don't think so but it's there. In fact, it just uh, another another one hit just today. I read this in the uh, on the Daily Wire. A uh, damning new report reveals that Wuhan scientists and British zoologists were up uh were up to it, or what they were up to in months before the pandemic. They um They were reportedly planning to release enhanced airborne coronaviruses into Chinese bat populations to inoculate them in the months before the pandemic. Scientists also sought funding from the U.S. to create chimeric viruses, which are genetically enhanced to infect humans more easily. But it all was just coincidental. This is from the Rebel News this is, all, this is good news for everybody because we know these guys are so much smarter than us. The World Health Organization releases vaccine passport guidance funded by the Gates Foundation and the Rockefellers. I feel better. How about you? The, the WHO document discusses the use of both a digital pass as well as a printed or card version of a barcode for scanning users' medical documentation. The World Health Organization releases guidance this week for countries and tech companies on developing a digital certificate for COVID-19 vaccination status. Documented is is titled Digital Documentation of COVID-19 Certificates, Vaccination Status, Technical Specifications, and Implementation Guidelines. Among contributors, including WHO officials, the World Bank, and several universities, there are other notable monetary supporters, including ah the bill and melinda gates foundation the government of estonia the state of kuwait and the rockefeller foundation which we know and we've proven and we've shown on here before they've been working on this stuff for years they've been they were working on this well before the quote pandemic how's that face uh face cloth working out for you your mask you feel safe behind it well here's a new study surgically Surgical and cloth masks filter roughly 10%, 10% at blocking aerosols. Commonly worn cloth and surgical masks are roughly 10% efficient in blocking exhaled aerosols, a University of Waterloo study found. The results show that a standard surgical and three-ply cloth mask, which see current widespread use, filter and appear, at apparent efficiencies of only 12.4 and 9.8%, respectively. <laughs> apparent efficiencies of 46 and 60 are found for KN95s and R95 masks, respectively, which are still notably lower than the verified 95% rate ideal efficiencies. So how's that Matt? You feeling safe behind that mask? Is is and, and we're required to wear that? What, everywhere? And it's not doing anything? Crazy. We've been talking about that for a long time. And, uh, but, but, of course, there were no studies. The, uh, the NIH and the World Health Organization and all of them changed all their websites regarding the mask early on in the pandemic because they know they didn't work. It's a big conditioning, folks. They are conditioning the behavior of the populace. All right, another article. This is from the Epic Times. Woman faces one year in jail for allegedly using fake vaccination card in Hawaii. This is just a warning to all of you out there uh, who are thinking about, and I've had emails sent to me asking me, what do I think about forging vaccination cards, getting fake vaccination cards? And my view is, look, I'm not going to say yes or no. I would say this, if you get one. If you were to do that, it's probably you're probably okay if you're just going into oh say a restaurant or a bar or a concert. But if it ever comes to get you know like having to go to the hospital or as you, soon they're going to require them. You look here's what's coming. Would, they're going to start requiring vaccine cards for you to get your driver's license. For you to get a loan, for you to bank, for you to get health coverage, health care, that's all coming. If you have a fake vaccine card for that, you're probably going to get busted. But this Illinois woman was arrested uh, for allegedly attempting to use a falsified COVID-19 vaccination card when entering Hawaii, authorities say. And then the article goes on to talk about how much trouble, <laughs> how much trouble she's in. So... Be careful if you're going to do that. Uh, This is brand new news also. COVID-19 vaccine passport expires six months after the second dose as booster shots mandated. This is over in Israel. Israeli government officials said that COVID-19 vaccine passports will expire six months after the second Pfizer dose, meaning that people will need to receive the booster shot to keep their passes valid. Who could have guessed. Who could have guessed this was coming? All of us who are facing losing our jobs because, oh, you got to have the vaccine and you got to register it with your job and you got to let them know you have it. It is not going to stop there. It will have to be updated. It will have to be, you will have to prove that you got the booster and you're going to have to do it in a limited amount of time. And it is, that's what's coming in my, in my background, in in my backyard, this happened August 24th, 2021. Do you know what's going on at your kid's school? Do you know what, you know what's happening there? You should, you need to figure it out because this really happened. A high school girl was forced to wear an ankle bracelet to track social distancing as a condition for her to play volleyball. 15-year-old Eatonville girl was forced to give up her right to privacy as a condition to play volleyball on her high school team. Without approval from her parents, the young girl had to start wearing a tracking device on her ankle that allows the school to track her every movement. Now, she agreed to wear the ankle bracelet that sends out an alarm when she violates social distancing rules because she just wanted to play volleyball. The track tracing device used by the school was made by a company, co- company called Triax. And you can read the article that talks about this company and about how they put this ankle bracelet on her. And as she walked around school, if she didn't maintain certain distancing, which is the, obviously the six feet, then it would go off and she was in trouble. Speaking of the six-foot distancing... This comes to us, uh, this is from uh, 100%fedup.com. Former FDA commissioner obliterates, quote, arbitrary six-feet distancing rule as not based on science. And we've talked about this before. Here's how the article goes. How many millions of dollars were spent to separate Americans in stores, classrooms, movie theaters, checkout lanes around America? How many volunteers spent endless hours roping off church and synagogue pews? How much money was lost by restaurants, cab drivers, small coffee shops where it was impossible to survive the six-foot spacing rule? Well, that was a lot, obviously. Now, the former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb is speaking out about the six-foot COVID rule and criticizing for its, quote, lack of rigor. Six-feet rule was arbitrary in and of itself. Nobody knows where it came from, said Gottlieb. In an interview with Margaret Brenneman, uh, CBS's Face the Nation, quote, but if the administration had focused in on that, they might have been able to affect a policy that would have actually achieved their outcome. But that policy-making process didn't exist, and the six-foot rule is a perfect example of sort of the lack of rigor around how CDC makes recommendations. It was completely made up. Actually, it came from a... School project done by a high school girl years ago. It was completely made up. It was it was a theory of a high school girl. All right, shifting gears a little bit here. This is where things are getting a bit dark, and this is the, this is coming, and it's coming fast. Again, right here in my own backyard. They are building an ISO core. Expartel involuntary detention center, and it is taking place just down the road from me. And they are hiring currently hiring. There's a there is a uh, help wanted up on the state of Washington's website, hiring for people. And they're calling it now. They've changed the language because they got in trouble, but they were hiring people as a strike force. And when you looked into what this strike force was going to do, is going to do. Is they want to go around and round up people, basically involuntarily detain people in a quarantine at this location. And Washington's not the first. I've got a couple more coming up here. And um, but here in Washington, let me pull this up. So it says Washington State is staffing up its COVID quarantine camp. And when you look at it, it's this uh, isolation. And they're looking for strike team consultants. And it's a PS2 situation. And it is an isolation and involuntary quarantine camp. So... You do understand what involuntary means, correct? The strike team is to oversee people in an institutional setting for the next year. So they're going to they want to round up people people who don't have the vaccination and they want to put you in this camp for a year. We already have this in Australia. And they're building more. Australia is building quarantine camps. Uh, Such thing uh, should never be accepted in liberal and free society. Construction of Mickleham quarantine camp starts. And I believe this is the third one in Australia. And there's also one in uh, Queensland. Queensland now has two. And one of them is right at the airport. So this is an article from... Uh, TheWest.com, Queensland to have two COVID-19 quarantine camps. Queensland is set to have two facilities to replace its hotel quarantine program after the federal government awarded a contract to develop a Brisbane facility. Federal Finance Minister Simon Birmingham announced on Friday the multiplex has been chosen to develop an 800-bed facility at Pinkenba near Brisbane Airport comes one day after the state government started work on its own 1,000 bed facility at well camp near Toowoomba. and so there's they have two going there I know Canada is building theirs as well so that is coming this is this is all coming down the pipe that's why I think we're heading into a really bad winter Uh Dr. Fauci says that vaccine mandates for domestic travel is on the table and under consideration in the United States. We've already seen this in Canada. Canada has started a program where you cannot travel via plane or train or anything that receives government funding from province to province. That's coming to the U.S., What's also being talked about here in the U.S. is basic car travel from state to state. They're talking about checkpoints. They're talking about setting up, uh, not allowing people into, or states not allowing people in from other states. And that rhetoric's been ramped up here in my state of Washington because we have a lot of people in Idaho, supposedly. There's people in Idaho. uh, Their hospitals are apparently overrun which it's all bogus, and our governor is upset that they're coming to Washington, and so he's already talking about keeping them out. And so that's where we are right now with all of that. Now, before we get on out of here, I want to do a little follow-up on what I talked about the last time we were together, where we talked about how the they were coming for our houses and how they um, they're planning to build these multiplexes, these smart cities, and how they're, how they're going to do that. And we went fairly in-depth in that, and I, I kind of broke it down how I think and how they're talking about coming in and forcing everybody out of their homes and forcing them into these smart cities. Well, it's starting. Uh, those of you in the United States know that in California they had a recall Uh, election. They were trying to get Gavin Newsom out of office. It wasn't successful. So here's what Gavin Newsom did the day after he was, quote, reelected. And this comes from the Mercury News headline, Gavin Newsom abolishes most single family zoning in California. One of his first actions after surviving an election seeking to oust him from office Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday essentially abolished single- family zoning in California and greenlighted a series of bills intending to bolster the state's housing production. By signing Senate Bill nine into law, Newsom opened the door for the development of up to four residential units on a single family lot across California. The move follows a growing push by local governments to allow multifamily dwellings, in more residential neighborhoods. Berkeley voted to eliminate single-family zoning by December 2022. San Jose is set to consider the issue next month. While opponents fear such a sweeping change will destroy, the character of residential neighborhoods, supporters hail it as a necessary way to combat the state's persistent housing crisis and correct city zoning laws. And it goes on. So what does that mean? That means if as we saw with Blackstone and Blackrock, if they come in and they buy up neighborhoods of houses, they don't have to rezone for anything. They can tear them all down and build these multiplex buildings. And as people get pressed out of their homes via taxes, and as we talked about, they're going to be forced to sell, and they're going to tear them down. And as this says, the housing affordability crisis is undermining the California dream for families across the state and threatens our long-term growth and prosperity, Newsom wrote. They don't want families in homes. They do not want you in your house with a yard. You're, you're taking up too much space. You're using too much resources, too much energy. We can, we can bring this all together, and then, hey, they'll all be smart cities, smart homes, smart neighborhoods, and they've got you under their thumb. Here's another one. Plans for a 400 billion new city in the American desert unveiled. The cleanliness of Tokyo, the diversity of New York and the social services of Stockholm, billionaire Mark Lore has outlined his vision for a 5 million person quote new city in America and appointed a world-famous architect type to de, uh, to design it. Now he needs just somewhere to build it and he's looking to raise $400 billion uh, to do it. What is this city? Well, I'm going to put this article, I'm going to put all these articles in the show notes. But this, basically, it's a city out in the desert. It's like we've what we've talked about. It is a controlled city where there are no cars. There, Everybody lives in these high-rise buildings. There's green spaces that must be shared. Um, everything's delivered to you. You don't own anything. And it's... Mm, massively controlled it's centrally controlled and it's controlled by well whoever built it or whoever owns it or the government and that is uh that is something that is already being discussed planned and on the table finally i got i found this goes along with all of this so this is from Florida breaking a large Florida landlord announced that he will begin requiring all new and existing tenants to provide proof of COVID vaccination saying, quote, you don't want to get vaccinated. You have to move. And if you don't, we will evict you. So that's another thing that's coming. You, do you rent? Are you in a, uh, are you in an apartment? Are you renting a house? That's coming too. Hey, you don't, you're not vaccinated. You can't live here. Never mind going to the uh, the movie theater. never mind going to the restaurant. Never mind going to the bar. Now you can't have a home. This is all stuff that's coming down the pipe. And it's moving at a very, very rapid pace. That's the alarming thing to me. It's like every day, I wake up, And I see these 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 stories that fly under the radar, and they hardly get any mention. But this is real. These are real things that are actually happening. And I know we have a lot of listeners from around the world. And if this stuff's happening in your neighborhood, please send me the articles. I would love to see them. We'll talk about them on here, because a lot of this stuff is going on. Well, we know Australia is pretty much lost. I mean, it, it, it what's going on over there is atrocious. Same thing in New Zealand, same thing in France, same thing all, all over the world. Uh, there are some really heartwarming things that are going on. I, I was watching a video the other day in Calgary, Canada. They had a freedom uh, rally in March, and there were about 100,000 people there who were marching against vaccine mandates. I know in France, they're still marching. In Australia, the people are getting fed up. It's going to take more than that. It's going to really, really, really take a conservative pushback from the populace of all the nations and not sure where the breaking point is. Obviously, we're in a fourth turning, and according to the book that we've talked about, the fourth turning, we still have a few more years of this, and it's only the push from the elites go, is going to get heavier and heavier, heavier-handed. And we're gonna have to push back at equal strength. And I promised you I would keep you updated on my vaccine situation at work. And so September 17th was the deadline to turn in your vaccination, your proof of vaccination in order to keep your job. I did not. I received a letter from my work informing me that I had not provided the proper information and as it stands october 18th is the i'll just say the kill date according to the documents that i've been sent october 18th if i when i show up to work i will essentially be sent home now i'm not sure all of the implications of that i'm not sure if i will be fired or if i'll be placed on unpaid administrative leave or if the company is going to quote, separate from me. In my state, we've had several different scenarios because uh, there's a few other groups like there's the EMT workers, there's the firemen, and the police, and the Washington State Patrol. Everybody's being required to do this. And essentially, the first group up was Washington State Patrol. A lot of them filed for their uh, religious or medical exemptions, it was wholesale denied by the governor, not accepting it. Then there was a massive pushback, and so they retraced their steps, and they said, "Okay, we'll accept it. However, we cannot accommodate your exemption. There's nowhere to put you. So essentially, we are separating ourselves from you, meaning you don't have a job. Now, there's lawsuits flying all over the place. They're moving up through the courts. Nothing's happened yet. Some people have, are, have lost their pension. Some people have obviously lost their jobs. They can't collect unemployment. And so we're all stuck. Everybody's sort of stuck in this limbo moment while these lawsuits go through the courts. And eventually, they will hit the Supreme Court, and we'll see what happens. But as for me personally, as it stands... I'm now sort of uh, in a, in a holding pattern, a waiting pattern until October eighteenth. And I'm not saying that for any kind of sympathy or anything because I saw this coming long time ago. I've made plans for this, and I have a very supportive wife. and we've made um, decisions that are life changing and life altering decisions. But we have seen what's coming. We knew this was this day was approaching. And so we're ready for it. A lot of people aren't. And that's why I do this podcast. That's why I put this stuff out there. You need to be aware of what's happening. You need to be aware of what's coming down the pipe. You need to be aware of what's how it's going to affect you. And you must make plans. You need to shore up your house, your finances, your situation. Be ready to... Move if you have to, if you're able. You need to be aware of your surroundings. You, you need to make plans because if you're not vaccinated, if you're not going to get vaccinated, it's going to get tough. It, I, I don't, There's no other way to put it. It's going to get really, really, really hard. And we're going to have to build communities. You're going to have to find support. You're going to have to find like-minded people. You might have to have some sort of uh, like a co-op, uh, some sort of group that you share things, you support each other, whatever, because it's not going to get any easier. I do see some light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but that's here in the U.S. because we have the Constitution and we have the Bill of Rights and we do have laws on the books. Whether they get followed or not, that's the question. But a lot of places in in the world, a lot of other countries, they don't have that luxury that we have. And what we're seeing, especially like in Australia and Canada, is the dictatorial nature of the government coming in, and they are going to make life really, really hard on those who don't comply. So word of warning. All right, everybody, that's it for me. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can always reach us at down, the R-H, at protonmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your questions, your comments. And again, if you have articles, you have things going on where you're at, please send them to us. I'd love to read them, and we'll get them out to, get them out on the air for everybody else to listen to. We'll be back here on Sunday. It'll be Brandon and I. In the meantime, have a great week. Stay prepared.
0: On the dashboard and how it's set up, myself, as far as how we get information out to the community on meaningful numbers, we do that on a weekly basis. So that's on our website, and we've been sharing that through social channels as well, particularly those graphics that show the number of patients in house, the percentage of them that are unvaccinated, the percentage of unvaccinated people in the ICU, and the percentage of deaths. And the numbers. So those are numbers that we put out as far as we don't get into details of floor work. Right. Those other numbers are certainly out there. Right. I I guess my feeling at this point in time is maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. Then there's another comment is I completely agree there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID But we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of the patients we have in the hospital? So is that all the people who have been in the hospital since the beginning of COVID? Well, or that are still in it. And that's something that I can take to someone else. But I think those are important numbers of patients that are still in the hospital, that are off the COVID floor, but still are occupying the hospital for a variety of reasons. Okay,
1: Carolyn, we call those, I'm sorry, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at the Navant Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered. But I do think it, from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still healing.
0: Yeah, so I think that that needs to be highlighted as well. Because once they're off isolation they drop from the COVID numbers, that's exactly right.
1: Callan, we can talk offline and, yeah. and how we run that up to marketing. Right.
0: So I'm just going to say, Carolyn, I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. You know, you don't get vaccinated. You know you're going to die. I mean, let's just, let's just be really blunt to these people.